You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Digital Transformation Success. This is Priscilla McKinney, the CEO and Mama Bird here at Little Bird Marketing. With me today, I have an amazing guest, Natasha Wallstra. She is the Director of Sales over at Forbes Books. And for those of you who know me well, you know I'm at the tail end of writing my book and doing the final edits. And so this has really been a labor of love over the last year, but I've had so many amazing conversations with people about the book they have in them and really talking with other leaders about thought leadership. What does that really mean? I mean, it's a big buzzword, but also where does that happen and how does it get aligned with our personal brand and and what's happening digitally you know in this space and and trying to reconcile traditional publishing and traditional thought leadership with what we mean digitally so here to unwind it all for us natasha and i are just going to shoot the shit a little bit about what this looks like and we're going to get some fine fine fine-tuned tips from her about what she's seen along the way in her industry so natasha welcome to the show Thank you so much, Priscilla. I'm really excited to be here today with you. Well, no joke. I'm super excited to have this conversation (laughs) because you and I've had several conversations and every time we are laughing and also walk away (laughs) thinking, hmm, that's interesting. Hadn't thought about that or hadn't thought about maybe turning this upside down on its head. And I think that's what's so great about the experience you and I both have in the digital world is that we are not necessarily so beholden to the traditional approach. And so I feel like we both still are very flexible with our ideas about what's possible or what's next. Definitely. I mean, it's it's transforming so much over the last few years too, just how we all consume media digitally, especially with LinkedIn. You can see even the last six months, I feel like the content that's out there is so different. So it's just so important to be actively creating and changing and and doing things differently as we all consume media so differently as it it is, right? So it's been fun to see the transition and also how important it really is to have a digital presence and not just focus on book publishing per se, but also speaking to your audience consistently. Right. Oh, well, I love that. And knowing your audience. So for those of you who don't know Natasha, honestly, day in and day out, what her role is, is really a place where she makes it her goal to empower industry experts and elevate their thought leadership. So it's not creating thought leadership, it's saying, hey, you are an expert in your field. 
what is it that you have that's unique that you can offer? And then she kind of comes at it with some of the idea, obviously through Forbes books of authorship, but there's so much more to it. There's marketing. How do we get it in the news? How do we really track the value of media that's happening around your book or just your ideas? And she is so passionate about connecting people. It's so evident because she and I met through this person, through this person, this person, we've been able to make so many other connections since, but she's really passionate about that connection part, which everybody who listens to this podcast knows I am as well, but she brings together people, brands, and organizations. And it's really about fostering this spirit of growth and interpersonal learning. And I think that is what is so at the forefront of so many leaders minds today. But just as important, I have to say she also loves building strong sales teams that work together and succeed together. And I have to say, at the end of the day, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm looking at revenue. And I love having someone who also has that, that perspective about yes, and how is this actually going to turn into revenue, right? There has to be that conversation <laughs> as well. But before we go on a little bit, I also want to just kind of push out there to people another fun fact about Natasha and I and where our paths converge is that she lived in Argentina for six years. And so we like to kind of wax over into Spanish just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but she also has a bachelor's of science in geography and anthropology. So boom, right there, me and cultural anthropology. So she has a focus on cross-cultural studies and we have the French and the Spanish connection. And so it's so cool. Anyway, I think that you'll see from this that we've become good friends and colleagues. And no matter what Natasha does next, we're going to be excited to hear from her. But let's start from all of that excitement into <laughs> tell us a little bit about what people are clamoring for. Where is this need for building a personal brand and not just a company brand come from? Because that is a hot topic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you think about it too, there's such a growing distrust of big brands, corporations, the government, right? People want to buy from people. So it's so key and important to really position yourself as mission-driven thought leader with something to teach versus operator of a business with something to sell. Because I know if I'm hearing from you, Priscilla, you're going to be teaching me something and we're going to be shooting the shit, getting to know each other, embracing relationships, right? But if I'm hearing from organization or business, whatever it is, I'm being sold to, marketed to, my guard is up. And so the thought behind here, the biggest picture is let's put you out there, even if it may be uncomfortable or if you're, a lot of the authors that we work with actually are so good about marketing their business, but when it comes to themselves, it's put on the back burner, it's uncomfortable, or it's felt as like an ego vanity project. But at the end of the day, people want to buy from people. And so it's very important to get yourself out there as in a way of personal branding. Natasha, you said something so important right there. I just want to pause. You said what's really important right now is that you have something to teach, not something to sell. So tell me about that. Like why that to me is just everything is just resonating inside me with that statement. So tell me about that from your experience. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, a book is just one piece to a bigger end goal, mission, message, movement, what say you. And so this is a really, again, whether it's personal branding or through authorship, it's a great way to get your message out there and teach people. But first, it's kind of interesting because a lot of times we speak with authors and they're thinking that they need to do sort of a legacy biography, memoir type of, excuse me, autobiography or memoir type of piece. But at the end of the day, we want to understand why should we trust you? You are the expert, the authority in this space. I want to learn from you. Teach me 
why I should trust you. And then we can talk more about personal things. But and then we really want to, again, learn from you first. So learning from people, it really matters who you're connected to. So let's kind of like pull this conversation back into the digital transformation success conversation. So Mm -hmm. tell me about what happens when people decide, hey, I want to write a book or I want to get known. I really want to put my brand out there. Tell me about the process you see that taking, because I think like you, I have a lot of people who come and think, oh, if I write a book or if I write this one blog, I mean, I'm done. My personal brand's (laughs) out there, right? And you and I both know that there's a million different small little pieces of work that need to be done. There's no one magic pill. There's no one magic thing that you can do, even as big as writing a book. So tell me about your thought process and how you help your clients walk through this idea so they don't think that this one thing is going to solve it all for them. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, just as thought leadership doesn't occur overnight, neither does building your digital presence online. And so I'm not necessarily saying you need to be posting every single day, but it is important to be creating content consistently and sharing this to your audience, presenting how to think about what's going on in the news today or sharing what your company is doing, talking about your mission, your values, right? But you have to get yourself out there so that you do have this platform that shows you as the thought leader, expert, authority that you are in your space. But if you're a ghost online, I mean, especially now after COVID and the way that we all interact via Zoom, Hangouts, whatever it is now, it is so important to have own that first page of Google. Mm. And own that first page of Google and then also own an actual audience on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever it is that you that you want to be or and it's not really necessarily where you want to be, but maybe it's a little bit more about where your most ideal client is. And people think about that like most ideal client as in sales. But if we put that in the teaching mode, who is the person who you can serve best? with your thought leadership or with your your expertise, your perspective and whatnot. So where do you start with people and saying, I hear that you want to write a book, <laughs> but <laughs> as the year or year and a half that it takes to write the book, what are we going to do in order to build your audience, to build your gravitas, to build your social influence? Where do you start there? I want to take a moment right here at the top of the show and tell you about our amazing sponsor. Businesses don't need research for the sake of research. They need research that leads to a meaningful impact for their customers, their products, and their bottom line. Communications for Research is the trusted insights champion to lead you to that impact. They take their ownership of the research process so you can focus on your business and your customers. Whether you need qualitative, quantitative, or data analysis for primary research, Their expert logistics team has the experience to understand your objectives. They design and execute processes to achieve research outcomes that lead to better decisions. Visit cfrinc.net to learn more. Well, first, what you touched on a really great point is where is your target audience consuming media, right? Is it on LinkedIn? Is it on Twitter? Is it Facebook, even Instagram, TikTok? I mean, there's so many different platforms and your audience might be more specifically or heavily on one of those. So understanding that is going to be key, of course. And then from there, building your network, it's all about, again, posting consistently, whether it's once a week, twice a week, or every day, you can probably build yourself up to being more consistent on it, but then also engaging with your audience. So starting to do what we like to say, you know, relationship-driven content. So comment on other people's posts, start messaging with them, um, 
There's just so many different ways that you can engage with your audience on LinkedIn and even block out time, 30 minutes every day that you're going to spend specifically on LinkedIn or have your team help you with that so that you're really driving, humanizing your presence on social media, right? Because that's very clear. You don't want to just be posting stuff and then poof, disappear. That doesn't really help with that building of audience. I think another area that we really like to focus on is newsjacking. So personally, I've been doing this since I got onto social media and, and social selling really, but setting up what Google alerts. So when I think about my industry I'm in and the people I want to follow or I want to talk about or share my thoughts on, I have alerts set up that every day, anytime any of these industry specific or alerts that I've set up are spoken about anywhere on the news, I get that information and then I'll share that and analyze it and talk to my audience of how they should feel about what happened today or this or that. And especially with my, how I use it now is I follow all the authors that I've signed on. And so when they're in any sort of media, I definitely like to share and reach out to them, say congratulations for being posted here, or being quoted here. So it's, it's a really great way of just engaging and building credibility on both ends. It goes both ways, right? I love that. I love that. So with all your experience over the years, is there a particular like area or vertical or type of business that's really doing well and, and experience a lot of good benefits and growth in the whole book publishing concept? So I think there's there's an interesting area that should be doing more of it, I would say, just being later millennial myself. I think, especially the millennials from like 35 to, let's say, in the Gen Xs who have been choosing, fighting our whole lives to prove ourselves to the world, I'd say. <laughs> a lot of folks I've spoken to think maybe it's too early in their journey to be publishing a book, but I think this is the perfect time to be doing that, to build credibility and leverage it for brand awareness and get your business, your organization out there. And I think it's it's a miss right now. And I've spoken to so many potential future authors of mine that initially were like, I can't do it. And now they're like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Let's use it for business development and get my brand and my co-CEO out there. I mean, it's just been so exciting to see their eyes light up when they're like, wait, this actually would really, really help drive said goal for the next two years. I love that because this idea of people kind of poo-pooing that they're too young or maybe the idea isn't fully baked or whatever, but correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, people help you through that process. Nobody writes their book alone anymore. That's just not what happens. And so how do you have that conversation? What's a little bit of a, if we could just pull the curtain back just a little bit, like what kinds of questions are you asking those people that help them reflect on their own journey and maybe come to that conclusion that maybe it's time for them to write a book? Definitely. Well, I think, as I mentioned, sort of a lot of people think that it's um, successes. Uh, you talk about it at the end of your journey. But what I always like to say is outside of the emotional reason of writing a book, of educating and creating impact, how can a book be leveraged for business growth, right? So let's look at this for lead generation, recruitment, speaking engagements, investors, board. I mean, there's so or all of the above, right? There's so many ways that a book can be leveraged to help with that. And so going back in the sales mindset, it really is a wonderful tool to help drive your goals. And so I always ask, let's set aside the book. Over the next two, five, 10 years, where do you see yourself both personally and professionally? And then how can we make sure that the content aligns with your book, right? And those end goals. Yeah. And I do notice that people who are very mindful of their personal brand and have been posting they typically have done a lot of the work to kind of filter things out. They've gotten a little bit more pointed with their message. So if people haven't done that and they kind of are a mile wide and an inch deep, 
So what would you say about both publishing and also just that personal brand experience? How do people begin to narrow that down so they really become famous for one thing? That's a tough one because I'm actually going to do that myself, let's be real. But I think understanding your goals and who your target audience is. So if you had your druthers, who would you hope would see your profile, your organization, and what is that person? So really nailing down who you want to be talking to today. And then I think that's going to help sort of reverse engineer it to think of, okay, why do I want to talk to them, right? And there's going to be a specific reason, goal that you're able to solve their problem for, right? And so I think that's something you just have to be very intentional about understanding who you're trying to reach. Well, I love this idea of over time kind of trying to narrow it down and think about like, who do I serve and think about that audience. But tell me a little bit after the book experience. So you have a lot of authors, you've walked through this journey, and now this is a large format content, right? So to me, that's like the dream in terms of digital transformation success. When you have something so big as a book, to me, I'm like, that's the Thanksgiving day turkey, right? <laughs> now all I just got to do is slice and dice it. Like I wrote the big thing and now I have something to post every day because all I have to do is go get one line out of my book <laughs> or one chapter idea or something like that. So tell me a little bit about how you see successful authors reuse their content and how do they really get all of the mileage out of it? Definitely. I think that's an area also where the self-publishing independent hybrid model comes into play for the folks that we work with, just because you can repurpose and serialize the content and use it however you like. So think about what you just said, of course, posting a single line from it, quoting from it. I think also creating serialized content that you can send out in newsletters, for example, to your, so starting to build your newsletter email list, right? That's definitely a great way of doing it. And then also other folks that you'd brought in from testimonial and examples, you can start building because they're going to be just as much want to share your book and your content with their audience because they were quoted in it, right? So it's a great way to bring goodwill within your community and your circle of influence, let's say. Don't so tell all actually... my secrets about my collaboration <laughs> secrets. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's so true. This is why we get along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I've sat with authors. I'm like, let's sit down and build out your circle of influence, right? So who is your main people here that you're working with and start reaching out to them? So let's talk about your top 50 that you, or not the, those that you already know and love you, but those that you want to connect with. Reach out to them and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Or, you know, trying to grow that circle of influence is key and just posting about every day. It's like, it's again, engaging with your audience and bringing in other thought leaders, other experts, you know, unpopular opinions, even just start trying to shake things up a little bit to get your message out there and drive engagement. I love that. When you and I had the last conversation, we kind of got into a little bit of a personal conversation and you mentioned the phrase that, you know, maybe a mantra that you live by, the sinvergüenza, <laughs> right? Sin so <laughs> in Spanish, this means literally like without shame or completely free, I guess I would also put it. But help me understand how this applies here. I personally find that when you are very clear with someone and you ask very pointedly, would you do this for me? It's one thing and it's clear. People love to help me. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's totally. totally crazy. But you have to get rid of that embarrassment or that vergüenza mm -hmm. in order to reach out and to begin to build your network. So tell me how that personal mantra really <laughs> has helped you help other people. Like how yeah. do people get over that fear of just asking people to expand their network to give them feedback? Like what you know, what does that sound like for you? 
Definitely. And I kind of, I have to sort of backtrack a little bit and explain how that even came about. But it was when I was living, first moved to Argentina, and I was really frustrated with my lack of progress of learning Spanish. And I realized I was too scared to make mistakes. I was nervous. I didn't want people to laugh at me, whatever it was. And so I was muted, basically. And one day I was so frustrated. I was like, screw it. Sin vergüenza. I'm going to just start speaking, make mistakes, be uncomfortable, put myself out there with no fear, no shame, and start making mistakes. And then within a few weeks, I was pretty much fluent in Spanish. Like I couldn't even believe it. And so when I came back home from Argentina and I somehow landed in sales, which is a little crazy considering I'm naturally an introvert, it was like, how, what was I thinking? I really struggled with calling, just get, putting myself out there. And so then I started thinking about this sinvergüenza strategy of it's not a personal attack if they don't respond back, it's totally okay. And so I was like, I'm just going to start posting, build my network on LinkedIn and use this, this thought process of sinvergüenza. And it worked really well. I suddenly was getting all these connections and I was making true relationships and, and authentic networking, right? Not just putting stuff out there and, and not engaging with them. And so I was able to really see how it helped me in my career and my life too. And so with this, it's sort of that same mindset. Like it may be a little bit uncomfortable, but again, it's not a personal attack to you if they don't respond to you. And it's just a great way. I mean, to be honest, most people probably feel this way too. <laughs> You think about it, there's 875 million users on LinkedIn, 40% of them are active, but less than 1% actually post every day. And so if you think about that, 39% that are ghost viewers on LinkedIn that are probably wanting to post as well, but can't, there's a lot of opportunity to be visible and to maybe inspire other people to start posting too. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So first of all, you need to connect with Natasha. It's Natasha Wallstra. <laughs> so N-A-T-A-S-H-A, Wallstra, W-A-L-S-T-R-A. Connect with her on LinkedIn. She's obviously out there and she's obviously posting consistently. But I guess one parting question to you, when we think about digital transformation success and you want people to get out there and like get over it, let's think about your best piece of advice for someone they hear you, they hear the concept of Simbedwensa, <laughs> but what is the thing that maybe you could give them some encouragement to get over themselves and say, yes, I'm going to post this right or wrong. I might say it, I might mispronounce it, but gosh, gosh darn it, I'm going to get out there. So uh, this has been part of your journey. So this is your expertise. So what would you have to say to my audience? Just do it because I, and learning from me, I spent months months being like, I'm going to post tomorrow. I'm going to do it. And then I realized the amount of energy I was wasting just thinking about it and not actually doing it. And even though, yes, I might still be a little bit all over the place as, as to what I'm posting and I kind of need to gear that down as well. Now that I'm starting to do it, I'm starting to narrow it down because I'm actually posting, I'm seeing what resonates with my audience and I know what feels good for me to write about. And so just thinking about it for too long, you're not going to get anywhere. I would just say you have to like, don't overthink and just do it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And I think that's an interesting perspective too, is that the doing it is the experiment. Like it doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's all done and it's perfect. It means it's an opportunity for you to get feedback about what people like, and you, you're never going to get any better if you're not like paying attention to the audience and seeing Sometimes I'll post content. And I think, oh, this is the best written piece of content ever put out there. 
And it's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and I'll put something out that seems totally silly or maybe just like, duh, like this is so basic. I don't want to mm-hmm. patronize anyone. And it just goes viral. And I'm like, what? Like, I, yeah. look, I'm the CEO of a digital content firm. You think I would know that, but none of us do, right? We yeah. have to just really try and, and get it out there. So yeah. I love that. I hope we've pushed someone over the edge on that and they've been able to <laughs> kind of get over themselves because that perfectionism really is the enemy of, of moving into digital transformation success and into having your story heard, your expertise heard, and really serving anybody. So yeah, you holding yourself back is not really serving you and it's not serving someone else. FYI. Exactly. Well, and I love that you use the word experiment because it really is. It's just like mindfulness is a practice. This is an experiment. You're constantly going to be learning, growing, evolving as you start to post. Even if you're getting going viral, you're still learning. So you just have to get start. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Natasha, thank you so much for giving us your expertise. We are going to see how your expertise and your personal uh, <laughs> brand evolves over time. And of course, we'd love to have you back on the show. But thank you so much for reaching out to me, Sinvergüenza, and making a meaningful connection for me. So this is how you do it. This is she connected through Adam Gray who obviously has been on this show as well. And it was a meaningful connection and he led her to me. And this, guys, it's not a huge secret. This is how it happens. It's just one person at a time. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Priscilla. This was absolutely wonderful speaking with you. I really appreciate you. If you like this content, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you downloaded this podcast. It's how people find our show. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.